Hey there, family. Welcome back to a whole new podcast here at U-Turn Orlando. We're so psyched to have you guys. For all those of you who want to have more information on our church, go ahead to www.myuturnorlando.com. We love you guys. Enjoy. Poor, poor thing. Just kidding. Um, also, if uh, for whatever reason you want to hear the message again, uh, we have a podcast. My son is actually there. Every time I come up here, he has a responsibility to press play or record, actually. And so you could get that on our website at myuturnorlando.com. Let's repeat that, myuturnorlando.com. And uh, if we ever forget any announcement behind here, it's going to most likely be there. Amen. And so we're going to be continuing a series uh, called Grit Doesn't Quit, amen, or Grit Don't Quit. And how many were here last week for the first message? Amen. Praise God. Uh, What I hope uh, to actually uh, teach you guys is that, you know, in this walk with Jesus, we need perseverance. Everybody say perseverance. And I, 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 my, my heart here is to show you uh, what the Bible says about it. And if you actually study grit, it's not going to use the word grit, of course. It's going to use different words. But grit is honestly talked about a whole bunch in the word of God. And if it's not talked about in the Bible directly, it's implied by people's lives and the things that they had to endure. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, <clears throat> Another thing, while you're going there, verse 7 through 10, uh, while you're going there, I want you guys to really invite people to the grand opening. We're about two weeks away from the grand opening, and we are believing that this place is going to be filled up. Amen? And let me just say this. this the only way that's going to happen, yes, we're marketing, and you know, people are planning their visit online on Facebook and Instagram. But we need, to, we need you guys to do your part. We need you to invite your friends, your coworkers, your family members. Fill this place up. Amen. And I'm going to believe that God is really going to do a miracle in people's lives. And not only that one day, but it's going to happen continuously throughout the year. And you're going to see people. Some of those people that you invite might be behind this pulpit one day. And it would be something, it would be credited to you. Amen. In the kingdom of God. So let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. It says this, now, it says, we now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like, watch this, fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. We're like fragile clay jars. Turn to your neighbor and says, you're fragile. You're fragile. This makes it clear that our great power, watch this, look what Paul says. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but not abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. What is he saying there? He's saying, through my own suffering, my body preaches of the very sufferings that Jesus endured. Ain't that powerful? Let's pray. Father, I thank you, God, for your word, and I thank you, God, that you are shaping us through this series. And I pray, Father God, that Uh, As your word goes forth, God, that you would think through me and speak through me. I pray, God, that you would be precise in the things that you want to cut out out of our lives, out of our families, out of our marriages, out of our church. And, God, that you would instill, God, what you want. God, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we all say amen. Amen. I don't know about you, but anytime I'm around, like, fragile things, I'm pretty careful. How, How many are like that? Right? If I had a very expensive pot, because how many of you know sometimes these pots are not cheap? Right? If you go to Pottery Barn, how many have ever been to Pottery Barn? I mean, it is ridiculous. I mean, my wife and I went to, uh, I think it was Millennium Mall or something like that. Was it Millennium Mall? 
and we went to Pottery Barn, and for whatever reason, you know, you think you're going to look at the tag, oh, this is going to be $1,000. That thing cost $10,000 for the same couch that looks like the one I have in my house that I paid $1,200 for it, right? And how many of you know when you are around some fragile stuff like vases and stuff, especially in that store, you are very careful. How many of you know you don't want to take your kids into a store like that? Amen. Especially if you have kids like mine. When they were little, they did not listen the first time. They normally listen the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, or tenth time. Come on, somebody. And so that's, you know where you take those kids at? Where you take my kids? You take them to Walmart. You take them to Family Dollar. You take them to Dollar General. You take them to Five Below. Because you know you ain't going to spend more than $5 up in that place. You don't take them to Pottery Bar. And the reason why you don't take them there is because you know that if they knock something over, something that is fragile, it's going to cost you big time. And I love the fact that Paul says, hey, you are a fragile clay jar. You're fragile. Like anything is going to make you want to quit. Anything is going to make you want not to do the will of God. But I love what he says next. He says, this makes it clear, just in case the success, the success that you are experiencing now, just in case you think it was you, the fact that you are here today, just in case that it's you, you think it's you. He says, just to make it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. He says, you're here this morning because God gave you the strength to be here. You worship this morning, not because you are so great. No, my friend, you're fragile. You're fragile without God. But thank God the power of God is in this place and in your life working. And that's why you're here this morning. God gives you the power to have grit. Can somebody say amen? So what's grit? Grit, let's look at it again. Let's look at the definition. It says the ability to persevere in pursuing a future goal over a what? Long period of time and not giving up. Let's put up the definition on the screen. It says the ability to persevere in pursuing a future goal over a long, everybody say long period. A long period of time and not giving up. Everybody say not giving up. Do we have the definition up there? Maybe not. So last week, we talked about grow. Everybody say grow. And it was an acronym. So number one, we're just going to hit the points really quickly. Number one is gain knowledge. Everybody say gain knowledge. There's no way that you're going to grow by staying in the same situation, knowing the same thing. You have to grow. You have to gain knowledge. Number two, you got to reach out to others. Everybody say reach out to others. Everybody needs somebody to speak into their lives. Everybody. The fact that sometimes we think that we don't need nobody, it is a form of pride. You are saying, I don't need nobody, I am good. You are not that good. Nobody is that good. Amen? Because how many of you know life comes in seasons? It might be good in this season, but then there's a season coming where there's going to be hardship, where there's going to be trials, where there's going to be seasons where you're going to want to give up. And that's why you need somebody, a trustworthy person, to speak into your life. And the, uh, the O is open your world. Everybody say open your world. What does that mean? That means get out of your comfort zone. You will never grow by staying in your comfort zone. Some of you coming to me yesterday, passing out the food boxes, that was out of your comfort zone. Come on, somebody. And that's Okay. That's okay. Open your world. Speak to people and speak to strangers and practice your Spanish. And some of you practice your English. Open your world and get out of your comfort zone because when you do, you will what? Grow. You will grow. And then the W is walk in the word of God. All this that I just mentioned will not work if the word of God is not being walked out in your life. It won't work. So today, I want to talk about Get gritty. Everybody say, get gritty. So, number one, grit requires resilience. Everybody say that. Grit requires resilience. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. And it says this, and we now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. 
And then he says, we are hard pressed on every side. Have anybody ever been in that place where you felt like all hell was breaking loose on every side? You didn't just have familial problems. No, you had job problems, family problems, relational problems, kid problems, money problems. You were being hit on every side. Anybody ever been there? We are hard-pressed on every side. But watch this. Because Jesus, the power of God, is living within you, you can go through hell and high water and not be crushed. Many times the reason why we are crushed the reason why we are we fold under pressure is because we are trying to go through that season in our own power. And we've already seen that we don't have power. We are fragile. We are fragile individuals. We have to lean on the power of God. So when I say grit, I'm not talking about having willpower, even though we do have to have willpower. No, I'm talking about leaning on the power of Jesus. Because our willpower is unlimited, my friend, but the power of God is unlimited. You could be hard-pressed on every side, but you're not going to be crushed. Everybody say perplexed. Perplexed, but not in despair. And you know, another way to say that is, man, I'm going through all types of emotional situations, but I don't fall into a deep depression. Perplexed, but not in despair. Right? I can go through all types of stuff that the average person, man, they will have to go see somebody and get built up. But no, because the power of God is within my life and I'm leaning on Jesus. Yes, I go through emotional situations. Yes, I do cry. And yes, I have to speak to somebody just to help me. But I will never fall into deep despair, not because I'm so great, but because I'm relying on Jesus. Perplexed. But not in despair. You know what despair means? Hopeless. Hopeless. I don't even have to ask you this. I know there's seasons in your life where you feel hopeless. Where you feel like you're not going to get out of this season. Where you feel like you're not going to get out of this financial situation. Where you feel like your marriage is not going to get better. Where you feel like your children are not going to change. Where you feel like the addiction is never going to be over. But my friend, when you are in Christ, there is always hope. There is never a situation where you have to feel hopeless. Because the power of God is enough. Number nine, verse 9, it says persecuted but not abandoned. That means there's going to be people, man, that used to be close to you and they're not going to be close to you. Why? Because you claim the name of Jesus. There's going to be family members that are not going to invite you to the party and talk about you at the party. They say, you're a holy roller. Who, who does he think he is? I remember what he used to do. I remember what she used to do. Who does she think she is? She's a hypocrite. No, my friend, give it time. Give it time and they will see Jesus inside of your life. That is a form of persecution where somebody says, hey, man, I don't want to hang out with you because now you're going to that church and now you're worshiping Jesus. And now you're being serious about the walk of God. But my friend, when you're leaning on Jesus, you may be persecuted. But know this, that God will never abandon you. And he'll put a brand new family around you. Struck down but not destroyed. And then look at verse 16, which is, this is, this is what I love. And he's talking about the power of God here. He says, therefore, therefore, watch this. It says, therefore, we do not lose heart. We do not lose heart. Can somebody say amen? We're clay jars. We're fragile. You know, when it comes down to the word resilience, everybody say resilience. The fact that Paul is talking about uh, being a person that, hey, man, we're, we're not destroyed, we're not abandoned. He's talking about resilience there. But it's so crazy that he talks about how fragile we are and how resilient we are in Christ. Because if you look at anything about when, when you say, man, that's fragile, the next thing is, oh, that's fragile and resistant. No, that's not what you think of. You don't think, man, that's weak and strong. That's what he's saying there. He says, man, we're clay pots. We're people that are fragile. But yet we have the ability to resist. We have resistance. We have perseverance. Can somebody say amen? Resilience inside of our lives. 
So let me give you a word, what that word came from. The word resilience comes from a, a scientific discipline of physics. Anybody ever took physics? That's the worst class in the world. Amen? But let me give you where this word came from. Physics, if you look at the original, original word, it comes from two Latin words that really means to bounce back. Everybody say bounce back. And that's what we need inside of our lives. You know, there are some certain people that don't bounce back. It's because they're not leaning on Jesus. They're leaning on something else. And when Paul is saying, hey, you're so fragile that God has the po that God's power could come inside of your life. And when things break loose inside of your life that you feel like you can't handle, he could put a, back, a bounce back inside of your life. And many of us, we are going through certain situations and we need a bounce back. That's what it means to be gritty. That, that's what it means to have grit in God. You have to have the ability to bounce back. Proverbs chapter 24, verse 16. I say this on a consistent basis, but I want to show you it. Because some of you don't even believe that I, this is from the Bible. So here it is. Uh, what does it say? It says, the godly may trip. How many times? Seven times. That means there's a good chance that you're going to fall apart. And you're going to want to quit. And you might even sin. And you might fall seven times. But watch this. But. Everybody say but. They will get up again. So what makes a righteous person righteous? And I've said this before, but this is for the people that haven't heard it before. What makes a person righteous is not the fact that they don't sin. A righteous person is not perfect. A righteous person is not somebody that doesn't mess up. No, a righteous person is the one that may fall and mess up and trip up seven times, but they will get up again. They have a bounce back. They're resilient. And that's why I, had, I felt impressed so much to, to preach this series. It's because so many times when we mess up, we feel like, man, I messed up. I can't do this. I can't live this walk. I, I, I've, I've done wrong for too long. No, no, my friend, you can do it because a righteous man messes up just like you. The difference is they will not give up. They get right back up and do it again. Everybody say do it again. But look what it says. It says, but one disaster is enough to overthrow the wicked. Just one thing. So you're wondering, there's two people that are being talked about here. The righteous, the righteous person and the wicked person. You know how you under, you know who's actually for God and trying to live for God and who isn't? It's the one that keeps on getting right back up. That's the one that has a heart for God. That's the one that wants to do God's will. The one that really doesn't have a heart to do God's will is the one that the moment something goes wrong, the moment something doesn't go their way, the moment something negative happens, what happens? It's enough. That's it, one thing, and they're gone. I'm done with this. I'm not going to serve God no more. I'm not going to come to church no more. I'm not going to do this Bible thing no more. Just one thing, one thing, no, no, no. But for the righteous, it doesn't take one thing. It takes nothing. Why? Because they lean on Jesus, and they get up again. They have a bounce back. Everybody say bounce back. Amen. Number two, grit requires instinct. Everybody say instinct. This is so powerful, by the way. Because so many times we hear, man, you got to pray more and you got to fast more and you, you got to do more, right? And sometimes we do, but sometimes we just got to pray for good instinct. Look what Proverbs chapter 4 verse 5 says. It says, get wisdom. Everybody say, get wisdom. It says, develop good judgment. Don't forget my words or turn away from them. Don't turn your back on wisdom for she will protect you. Love her. Love wisdom and she will guard you. Getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. And whatever else you do, whatever else you do, develop good judgment. Good judgment. Amen. You know, a famous great Chinese philosopher said this, there's three methods we can learn wisdom and develop good judgment. Three ways. How many want to know those three ways? <clears throat> Amen. Number one, by reflection, he said, which is benevolence. What does that mean? That means you can grow wisdom by literally 
learning to get wisdom. And let me just say this. Some of us don't even know this. Do you know there's five books in the Bible that are called the books of wisdom? Do you know there's literally five books in the Bible that you can open up and it will literally give you wisdom and good judgment. It will teach you how to walk in wisdom. It will teach you how to make a good decision. It will teach you how to not make a bad decision. There are literally wisdom in the word of God that if we open it and read it and study it, you will get wisdom for living. Can somebody say amen? How many want to know what those books are? It's Psalms. Everybody say Psalms. You could get a whole bunch of wisdom in Psalms. You could hear about David's mistakes and he'll tell you, this is the worst thing I ever did. He says, man, my bed was full of tears after I made this decision. How many of you know that learning from his mistakes is wise? The other book is Proverbs. Everybody say Proverbs. There's 31 chapters in the, in the book of Proverbs. You can literally read one chapter of Proverbs in a month, every single month, and gain so much wisdom. And if you study it, you'll get even more wisdom. Ecclesiastes, you know what Ecclesiastes is? Is, is basically Solomon's mistakes. And he shares you, shares it with you. He says, man, I made this mistake and this is what I learned. I made this mistake and this was the outcome. Ecclesiastes is a book of wisdom. You know, Job is a book of wisdom. A lot of people just look at Job as a book of suffering, but it really isn't. It's a book of wisdom. He's trying to make you wise through his own mistakes, through his suffering. Which teaches you a big principle here, right? Because if we suffer and never get wise, we suffer incorrectly. If you suffer and you don't become better, you didn't do it right. If we suffer and we become bitter, then you didn't extract the wisdom from your suffering. It's not a fact that you're, you're going to suffer. You're going to suffer. Whether you're in Christ or you're not in Christ, you're going to suffer. The beautiful thing about being in Christ is that after you suffer and after or even while you're going through the suffering, God will give you wisdom in your suffering. That's the book of Job. The whole book of Job teaches you how to distinguish when you have good friends and not so good friends. When you have godly friends, friends that know God, the God of the Bible. When Job's friends came up to him, they were saying a bunch of ritual, religious stuff. They weren't even presenting Jesus or God of the Bible. To the point where at the end of the story, when everything was over, God required Job's friends to repent to him because they represented God wrong. How many want to know, man, are my friends good or are they bad for me? That's in the book of Job. The Song of Solomon, if you're in a relationship or you want to be in a relationship, the Song of Solomon literally will give you wisdom for your marriage. Literally. He'll tell you how to be intimate with your partner. He'll tell you how to love your partner. Wisdom. Everybody say wisdom. Here's the second thing that this philosopher said. The second thing is imitation, which is the easiest. Everybody say that. Imitation, which is the easiest. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1. Follow my example. This is Paul talking to his disciples. He says, follow my example. And look what he says. As I follow the example of Christ. Some of you might be saying, how do I know? How do I know who should I pick to mentor me? How should I, who should I pick to speak into my life? Are they following Christ? If they're not following Christ, that's a big no. Because if you're trying to have a godly marriage, if you're trying to get close to Jesus, your mentor should be doing the same thing. He says, follow me as I follow Christ. In other words, if I don't follow Christ, if I stop following Christ, if I stop following the word of God, stop following me. That's what he's saying. That's some great wisdom right there, right? This is a great ingredient as well. When you're looking for somebody to speak into your life, are they following Jesus? Do they only come on Easter and Christmas to church? If they are, that's not a person that's following Christ. Come on, somebody. Are they faithful to God? Have they been following Jesus for a long period of time? He says, follow my example as I follow 
the example of Christ. Here's the third, third thing that this philosopher mentions. He says, the third is by experience, experience, which is the bitterest. Everybody say, experience is the bitterest. You might be saying, why is that? Why would you have to experience something when you can learn from somebody else's experience? Learning to experience something yourself is the hardest. That's the hardest way to get wisdom. That is the hardest way to develop good judgment. There are times where you have to experience because you're in a situation where you're trailblazing and you don't know anybody that has gone down this road. And then at that point, yes, experience is going to be your best teacher. But most of the time, my friend, the reason why we go through certain situations and we go through hard situations is because we never reached out to somebody that's been there, done that, got the wisdom already. And what he's saying, he says, listen, if you want to gain wisdom and good judgment, experience, try to avoid that as much as possible. Only do experience if you have to. If you want to gain in wisdom and good judgment, experience is the hardest teacher. The best way is imitation. Everybody say imitation. If you could talk to somebody and say, hey, don't do this. Because, man, you're going to go through a long season of hardship. You know, there's many, man, listen, there's many times I've spoken to people and I said, don't do it, and they still do it. And they wonder why they went through a hard season. I was like, bro, I told you that this was going to happen. Why did you do it? Because it takes humility to take somebody's advice. It takes humility to take somebody's wisdom. It takes teachability, being teachable. To learn from somebody that has already the battle scars. Why would you want to get some battle scars if somebody else has already gone that road? You know, so many times the reason why we do it, I've been there too. Where somebody's saying, don't do it, and I still do it, it's because I think I'm better than that person. That won't happen to me. I'm smarter than that person. That's not going to happen to me. Oh, that happened to them, but that ain't going to happen to me. Oh, really? How I many of you know, almost 10 times out of 10, it happens again. And sometimes the experience is worse than the person went through. Amen? You have to develop good wisdom and good judgment. It's not, when I say gritty, I'm not talking about just, just having effort and working hard. No, the point is, is to work hard and to work smart. And working smart is getting wisdom. Working smart is getting good judgment. Amen? Working smart and working good is having a great judgment. Let's keep on putting the screens up because they're not, uh, the screens are not going up. Amen? How many know what I'm talking about this morning? You got to work smart. Number three, grit requires tenacity. Everybody say tenacity. Tenacity is this. This is a Bible phrase. You got to take it by force. Everybody say, take it by force. Another way to say this is forcefully advance. Amen. Look at Matthew chapter 11, verse 12. Matthew chapter 11, verse 12. It says, from the time John the Baptist began preaching until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing and violent people are attacking it. Everybody say, violent people are attacking it. Let me just say this as they put on some worship music or maybe the piano person can come up. Listen, if you're going to be gritty, you're going to have to know that there's going to be opposition. This resolution that you had this year and this plan for you to do things the right way and do it God's way, my friend, opposition is going to happen. You have to learn that you have to forcefully advance. And look at the heart of God here. The heart of God is not so you to stay, for you to stay stagnant. It's not for you to stay in the same situation. It's not for you to just sit here and not really hear the words behind this pulpit and not really worship. No, my friend, there's going to be opposition where you are going to need to forcefully advance. Forcefully advance. Can somebody say amen? This is spiritual warfare. Spiritual, you know, so many times we think that when we come to Jesus, that everything is going to be, you know, peaches and cream. It's going to be a walk 
in the part. Sometimes there's seasons of that, but let me just say this. There is an enemy after your soul. There is an enemy after your soul that's going to resist you. There's an enemy after your soul that's going to tempt you. And he's going to tempt you in the right time. And it is in those moments when you feel like faking it that you ought not to. Because how many of you know us religious people, and I put myself in there, in there, we want to present ourselves to be more righteous than we really are. We want to present ourselves to be more righteous than we really are, more holy than we really are, more perfect than we really are. And when we do that, we position ourselves to be a Pharisee and not a disciple. I'm going to say that again. A Pharisee was somebody that Jesus really didn't like very much. Because they faked it. He called them whitewashed tombs. You look good on the outside, but you're messed up on the inside. And so many, uh, so many of us, we know how to dress right, talk right, act right, right? It's really, it's really easy to learn behavior. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. We can learn Christianity. We can learn how to talk right. We can learn how to be a loving Christian. But in the inside, are we really like that? When we are faking it, my friend, when we're not forcefully advancing, like literally, but we are allowing the enemy to forcefully advance in our lives and we don't open up, we don't open up our world and we don't really share to a trustworthy person, this is what's happening inside of my life. We position ourselves to be a Pharisee and not a disciple. Pharisees are really good at faking it. They're really good at faking it. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be like that. I don't want to be a, a religious person in that aspect where I'm just faking it. No, I want to be what the Bible calls true religion, which is, man, I'm, I'm trying to live for Christ. And when I fall short, I share it with somebody that's trustworthy because that conversation, that discipleship could bring healing into my life. It could bring wisdom inside of my life. But so many times we don't do the stuff that I mentioned in this message. We don't gain wisdom. And when we don't gain wisdom, we are choosing by default to walk like a fool. And I've been there. I've been in a situation where somebody's giving me some gold wisdom. And I reject it. And hardship. Hardship comes. How many ever been there? We've all been there. How about what happened, what would happen if this year you would say, man, I'm going to embrace what the Word of God teaches. I'm going to be a resilient person. I'm going to lean on Jesus because I know hard times are going to come and I'm going to need to be able to bounce back. And not bounce back six months, 12 months, 18, no, 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 I need to bounce back immediately. Because so many times we stay stuck in our depression. So many times we stay stuck in our anxiety. So many times we stay stuck in our fear. And that's never God's plan. God's plan is for us to forcefully advance. Sometimes you're going to have to do it afraid. Sometimes you're going to have to do it anxious. Sometimes you're going to have to do it feeling depressed. Sometimes you're going to have to push yourself. Why? Because you understand that the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, but the violent forcefully advance. They forcefully advance. Your kids ain't going to act right all the time. Your husband is not going to act right all the time. Your wife is not going to act right all the time. The church ain't always going to be perfect. But my friend, you are a part of a bigger picture. You are a part of the kingdom of God. And the people of the kingdom forcefully advance. They will not bend or break to the lies of the enemy. They will move forward. They will have grit. They will persevere. They will endure all in the power of Jesus. Not in our own power. Because we're fragile. We're fragile. We always have to remember what Paul says. Hey, listen. We are like 
fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. What's the great treasure? The great treasure is Jesus living inside of you. You got the Holy Spirit living inside of you. And he says, man, you're so fragile, but you got this great treasure. You got the Holy Spirit that when everything in your body wants to quit, the great treasure within inside of you says, you will not break because I won't let you. That great treasure inside of you won't allow you to break. It won't allow you to quit only if you're leaning on him. Because if you're not leaning on him, you're not getting his power. If you're not trusting in him and obeying him, you will not have that great treasure leading your life. And the reason so many times, so many times we break and we don't get put back together is because now we start trusting in man and we start getting bitter at man and that bitterness with man transfers to God and little do we know is that we start blaming God for what a man did and it was never God that did it. He says, make this clear that it's our great, that he says, this makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. It's from God. It's from God. You want to make it this year? You want to fulfill the call of God? You got you to gotta lean on God. There's going to be seasons inside of your life where you're going to want to quit. And there's going to be some hard seasons. And you're going to be saying, like, God, why in the world is this happening? I've been in many situations personally where I'm in my car. And I am completely angry. And I'm pounding my fist on the steering wheel. And I got tears rolling down my face. I said, God, why is this happening? And then I feel the presence of God fill that car or that room in that moment. And all of a sudden, I begin to feel in a hopeless situation, I begin to feel hope. In a faithless situation where I feel like, man, I can't do this no more, faith begins to fill my life again. It's no wonder why Paul calls it a great treasure. Because I'm fragile. We're fragile. We have fragile minds. We got fragile emotions. But man, in Christ, in Christ, man, we will forcefully advance. Let's all stand this morning. so glad that the Bible calls us fragile. He calls us fragile for a reason, just in case we think we needed to be Superman or Superwoman. He says you're not, and you don't have to be. You don't have to be completely perfect because there's somebody living inside you that's perfect. There's a great treasure living inside you. And the only reason, listen to me, the only reason why you will do great exploits for God is not because this clay pot is so great. It's because of the treasure that's inside of that clay pot. This church is going to do great things, not because there's great leaders and there's some great people. No, no. It's because there's a great God in this church. There's a great God that is able to do amazing things with people that are fragile and weak. I love what Paul says. So he's going to confound the wise. He's going to use the weak to confound the wise. Man, that's some good news, isn't it? Some of you might have walked in and you're saying, man, I, I'm weak. I'm weak. We put a persona on. We put on our Sunday's best. But inside, you're like, man, I'm weak. I feel like giving up. I don't feel like praying. I don't feel like worshiping. I don't feel like reading the Bible. I know, Pastor, you're throwing out those devils on YouTube. I don't even feel like watching that. And we've all been there, but listen, this is God's word for you. God is able.
inside of your life to help you do exceedingly and abundantly all you ask or even think. God will use you in spite of what you're going through. With every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're saying, man, I want to be a person of grit. I want to be a person that bounces back. I want to be a person that gets wisdom and good judgment. I want to be a person that forcefully advances in spite of whatever happens this year. If that's you, I want you to lift up your hand. I want to pray for you. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Father, right now, I pray for every single person in this place. I pray, Father God, that as we are entering into a season, God, where more is going to happen, God, and more is going to be required, God, I pray, God, that you will begin to strengthen your people. I thank you, God, God, that even though we are fragile, we have a great treasure within this clay. And so right now, we surrender to you. Come on, everybody, lift up your hands and just begin to surrender to Jesus right now. Surrender to Jesus right now. Some of you need to say, God, I don't feel like surrendering, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it by faith. There's certain things that I want to let uh, stay, you know, in my life. I don't want to give up certain things inside of my life. But you know what? By faith, I lift up my hands. By faith, I cry out to you. By faith, I will surrender all to you. Because I'm not going to make it without you, Jesus. I'm not going to make it. There's going to be certain things in my life this year, next year, all my life, that I am not going to be able to make it without you, without your power. And so I surrender, Jesus. I surrender, Jesus. Hallelujah. We give you glory. We give you glory. Hallelujah. Come on, just worship Jesus. Man, whatever the Lord puts inside of your heart to sing at this moment. Just lift up your hands and just worship. Let it, let it fill your life right now. Hallelujah. Yes, Jesus. Come on, you got to cry out to Jesus. You got to cry out to Jesus.
this would be the best year of their life this would be the best year of their life right now in the name of Jesus Father God in one accord in one place God we pray right now in the mighty name of Jesus God there are pastors in these circles there are people God that you are going to change their life God God, when their family sees them, when their friend sees them, they're not even going to recognize who they are, God. Oh, God, I pray in the name of Jesus that miracles happen right now. That miracles happen right now, God. We pray right now, God, that chains will be broken, God. That chains will be broken, God. That generational chains, God, will be broken now in Jesus' name. That generational curses will be broken. I pray against exhaustion, God. I pray, Father God, against a spirit of quitting, God. I pray against a spirit of going back, God. There is no going back, God. There is no going back, God. We will forcefully advance. We will forcefully advance, oh God. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Oh, we thank you for your power in this place. We thank you for your presence in this place. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We give you, God, the glory. Come on, begin to give God the glory. Come on, begin to thank them in advance. God, I thank you for changing my life. God, I thank you, God, for setting me free. Come on, begin to thank them in advance. Hallelujah, 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 God. Hallelujah, God, hallelujah, God. Hallelujah, God. We pray for healing right now. We pray for healing right now. Oh, we're going to live in the overflow this year. We're going to live in the overflow this year. Hallelujah. We're going to live in the overflow this year. Yes, Jesus. Oh, we're going to be victorious this year. Oh, we will win every battle. We will win every battle. We will win every battle. We will not be defeated. We will not be defeated. We will not be defeated, God. We will not finish this year on empty. No, we're going to overflow. We're going to overflow, God. Jesus. May his presence go 
is for you. He is for you. Come on, declare that. He is for you. Come on, keep on singing that to the Lord. Oh, come on, sing it. Keep on singing. He is for you. He is for you. He is for you. He is for your business. He is for your family. He is for raising you up. He is for you. He is for you. Thank you all for listening. Be sure to stop in for a whole new podcast. We love you, familia.